0: Hey everyone. I'm Meg Teets and this is sorta awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesome's. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. You can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. Well, you guys, this is episode 225 of Sorta Awesome. You know, lots of you right now might be taking time to sort of take stock of 2019 and think ahead to the year ahead to 2020. We on the Sorta Awesome team are doing that very thing right now we're doing the same thing you guys are doing we're thinking about the year ahead of us for the show one thing that we would love to do in 2020 is give our patreon our supporters we call them the superstars around here give our whole patreon update (laughs) hang on (laughs) go ahead let it out let's go (laughs) It's a lot of growling. It's a lot of growling is better than screaming, but it's a lot of growling these days. (laughs) Okay. One thing that we're hoping to do in 2020 is kind of update our Patreon community. You know, we call them the superstars around here. We're super interested in hearing what you, the awesomes might like to see from our Patreon community in 2020. So We have put together three surveys. And when I say we, I mean, actually, Ms. Rebecca Hoffer took the time to put together three very awesome surveys for you all to go and check out. We have a survey for people who are currently Patreon supporters, currently a superstar. We have a survey for people who have been supporters in the past, but you are no longer supporting Sorta Awesome. And then we have one for people who have never supported the show through Patreon before, You can access the links for any and all of the surveys by going to sortofawesomeshow.com slash survey. It takes just a few minutes, five, six, seven minutes to fill this out and to say thank you. We are giving away three Amazon gift cards to awesomes who take the time to help us out with these surveys. So if you have a minute, we would love for you to go over to sortofawesomeshow.com slash survey. Nico wants you to go too. You can hear him affirming that as well. Take a few minutes to fill out those surveys for us. (laughs) And we will have a link for those in the show notes.
1: Now, just a second. I can hear that some of you are thinking, oh, I'm not a supporter. I'm not going to fill out the survey. No, 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 no. Like, you're the people that we really need to fill it out. And it's not just... About being a supporter, there are some other very valuable questions in there that are super helpful for us. So we really need everybody, even if you swear to yourself you shall never ever be a Patreon supporter, we need you to fill out the survey.
0: So true. We really are kind of just thinking ahead to all kinds of programming for 2020. That's a great point, Rebecca. Thank you for saying that. So again, it's really easy to find those over at sortaawesomeshow.com/survey. All right, you guys, it's episode 225. We are. In the home stretch of December, the holidays are right around the corner for many of us. Kelly and Rebecca, check in. How are you? Just like real talk, real talk for real. How are you at this point in December?
1: Well, I'm good. I don't know how Kelly is, but I'm actually really good. I feel like my shopping is under control. My prep is under control. I, uh, maybe everything's going to turn south here when I'm done recording, but I'm feeling pretty good. I am jealous
0: of you, Rebecca. That sounds fantastic. (laughs) Because as we're talking, I'm like peeking in at my Amazon wish list and making sure that I've ordered the gifts that I meant to get ordered and all of these things.
2: Kelly, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm also kind of okay, which is rare. I would say that this is the result of many years of hard work. I also kind of like Rebecca said, feel a little bit like maybe this is the week, the one that's right before Christmas where you think you're okay, and then you start to remember all the details. Yeah. Like teacher gifts, at least for me, my kids always go to school very late. I think some schools are getting out in the middle of this week. And so I oftentimes I'm like, oh, that's right, teacher gifts. And then it's, oh, you only have one more day to get them there or that sort of thing. (laughs) I'm always thinking about Christmas or Christmas Eve being the deadline and not all the many deadlines that come before so sometimes those catch me unaware, but I will say that, and we'll talk about it on this show. I have done some new things this year that I feel like have given me more margin in my December. So I really am pretty good. My hair is not on fire.
1: Mm,
0: good.
2: And this time, most Decembers it is.
0: I don't know if you all can see my hair. It's totally on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing, Kelly, this is a great point. So in all of the years past, my kids would have gotten out week before, like when this show comes out, we had these wonderful three-week winter breaks. Well, our calendar changed for the year. And now for the first time in like seven years, my kids are going all the way up until the 20th. So in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, I've got so much time. I'll get so much done. And now here we are. And I have that same hair on fire feeling that I always have. And it is, it's because of teacher gifts. And, you know, both of my girls decided to do gift exchanges with their friends this year, which is so cute. And they're having so much fun with it. But you know what it is? One more thing that I have to keep up with. (laughs) Yep.
2: Because it's not just them. That's the problem is that all this stuff that we think of so often, if you have other people in your life that you're responsible for, their great ideas often come back to mom. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not complaining because it's been really cute and really fun to see them. I will say that each of my daughters, they organized these within their friend groups. Like they did all of the administration part. They just needed help with the actual buying of things part. (laughs) So anyway, thank you for that check-in. I'm like so distracted. I didn't even introduce you all, but.
2: (laughs) Well, we're just assuming that everybody knows at this point, right? I mean, if you're listening to us and it's December, what, 20th? then you are a hardcore fan and you are just like many of us looking for something to distract you from the fact that the holidays are almost here.
0: We are so honored that you are letting us keep you company as you are doing your last minute things. Maybe you're wrapping presents, you're going off to a party, you're traveling to see family. Thanks for letting us kind of just, you know, hang out with you. And that's really what this episode is going to generally be is just the three of us, Kelly, Rebecca, and I just having some good conversation kind of well, I don't know, kind of telling stories on ourselves, maybe a little bit confessional, maybe like some holiday confessional things we're going to talk about. It's not going to be serious because we really do just want to hang out and keep you company as you get ready for the holidays. So we're going to get to all of that here in just a few minutes. But first, there are even still in this moment, in this holiday crunch, there are things that are awesome in our lives. So we're going to start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week, that moment of the show where we Stop to talk about whatever is awesome in life right now, whether it is books, TV shows, movies, podcasts, products, just kind of whatever is making life a little bit more holly and jolly these days. So, Kelly, why don't you tell us what you have for Awesome of the Week this week?
2: I have a fantastic app. Really, you guys, I've been saving this one because it is one of my very favorite apps of all time for kids. In fact, you could even try to give this as a Christmas gift, except your kids are going to find you out because it's free. Right. (laughs) So if you're like, oh, I've got this new app for you, they're going to be like, yeah, Mm -hmm. okay, but I can see in the app store, in the Google store (laughs) that this is absolutely zero money. But it is the kind of app that would be perfect to get here when we're going into a holiday break. For anybody that you know that has kids kind of elementary age, it's called Toontastic. Do either of you guys know about this app? No. Or Meg? No, I've never even heard of it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I cannot wait for you to go download it because it is really designed For kids, like the age that we have, elementary, even up, I would say to middle school, it is now owned by Google. It did not start out that way, but it is completely free and it is an animating app so that kids can make their own 3D animation stories. Oh my gosh. They can completely create from the beginning to the end. So you get to create your characters. You come up with your storyline. You can even draw your own if you want, or you can mix and match like your own little me's, like emojis that you would make or they have some that are pre-done, you get to find backgrounds like swashbuckling ones or underwater, and the kids can make their own story. So they will actually build their characters, move them around on the screen while they're recording, like they can touch their character, touch the background, something that's animated. When they touch it, it moves. They'll record that. They can record their own soundtrack, like they narrate their own story. Oh, wow. And then at the end, they can export it. It is amazing my two youngest I cannot believe that it's free (laughs) I was actually just looking at it because I thought that there were in-app purchases or ads or something from before because we've had this for five or six years but at least when maybe Google took it over they really wanted it to be just for fun for education for you know kids who want to create online although it doesn't have to be done online it is an app it can work offline to just let their creativity go and you guys it is truly fun. If you get a couple of kids, especially together. So that's what happens with my youngest two who are now nine and 11. But for years, even with their older brother, who's now 16, sometimes the three of them will hole up in a bedroom and I will hear all of these noises and yelling and laughing and they'll use sound effects from there and they will come up with a story. Sometimes it takes three of them to touch the screen and move the little creatures around. Somebody will narrate and they'll make sound effects and they'll tell some, I mean, half the time it's goofy stuff. You guys, you know how kids are. It's like, you know, somebody has walked in and then, oh, no, they hit the wall. They fell over. Oh, <laughs> Right. <laughs> the story arc is not developed. Character development is not a priority. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they've had so much fun together and they've made the cutest things and you can export them and save them. I really, truly see no downside to this app. It will keep your kids occupied when we are going into a season of them, especially being home for the holiday break, but also being lots of times inside more in winter where many of us are like, I give in. There's just going to have to be more screen time for us to all stay sane. This is an app that you can give your kids and feel good about it. Oh my goodness. Because it's going to stimulate their brain and they're going to be creative and they can do it with friends. And then at the end, they could have like a little movie night. So Toontastic, of course, we'll put a link in the show notes, but you could look it up. It's available on both iOS and Android platforms, pretty much any sort of device, you know, an iPad, a phone, anything that you could use to make a recording and to make, your own animation.
0: So fun. I truly cannot believe that is free. Thank you, Google overlords (laughs) for doing something good for the planet, for the people of the planet.
2: (laughs) They pay us back. You know, we give them our entire lives and all of our data. And every once in a while, they're like, here, people of the world, we're going to give you something that's really cool and free so that you still love us. (laughs) Totally so accurate.
0: So, so good. Thank you, Kelly. We'll have a link in the show notes for that for sure. All right, Rebecca, what's awesome for you this week?
1: I am also sharing something that I've been saving. It is a podcast. It is one of my favorite listens from the year. It is called The Habitat. It was created by Gimlet, produced and hosted by Lynn Levy. And it is so fascinating. I know I use the word fascinating a lot whenever I describe my awesomes of the week. (laughs) But there is no other word for this. The concept is this that NASA, I guess it's NASA, has created a fake planet Mars on a remote mountain in Hawaii. And they take six people to spend one year on this fake planet in this tiny dome to replicate what it would be like for them to live on Mars. So, one quote from the trailer says, Before we send people to Mars, We need to know, will they survive the trip and will they survive each other?
0: (gasps) Uh (laughs) Yes, this is not a fiction podcast, right? This is like, this really happened.
1: Their tagline actually is the true story of a fake planet.
0: Okay. It is so
1: good. The concept, the idea is that if they send people to Mars, it will take a full year before anybody can leave or they can send anybody else there because of how the orbits and the planets and all that stuff work. In order for them to be close enough to get off, they have to be there for a year. So they've of course done all these scientific testing on, you know, food and gravity and like lack of oxygen, all these things that they need to test, right? And they've created this dome, but one thing, one huge variable in sending people to Mars to live in a small confined space for a year. The huge variable is the people.
2: Right. What
1: is going to happen to the people? So this is... I mean, we
2: saw this in Gilligan's Island, I guess is what I'm saying. (laughs) You know? (laughs) It's basically the same thing. You can't get off. You're going to be thwarted. Who knows that you're going to have, I bet a professor. (laughs) Are there any millionaires?
1: (laughs) There's a doctor.
2: (laughs) See? It's pretty much the same. But go ahead, Rebecca. Let's talk about Gilgamesh
1: in a (laughs) dope podcast version. Basically, Lynn Levy discovers that this is going to be happening. She hears about it and she thinks, well, this is a fascinating story. And so she sends recorders with the people that are going to be trapped (laughs) on the fake planet. Yes. And she asks them certain questions and certain prompts. And so it's all this audio of people talking back to Lynn and sharing their experiences sharing what's going well, sharing what's going bad. I really feel like this is a great podcast to binge. Like if you're doing some traveling over the holidays, or I really feel like it would just apply or it would interest so many different people. It's only eight episodes and it's 30 minutes each. But like the people who are really into maybe like the more scientific stuff, like quote unquote nerdy things, I think they're really gonna like it. But then the people who maybe are like, big feelers and like people, people, they're really gonna like it because of the whole like psychological and like aspect to it. It's just the perfect balance. It truly is one of the best things I listened to this year.
0: I was going to say maybe people who like to watch shows like Big Brother.
1: Oh, yeah, (laughs) like me.
0: yeah, this totally sounds right up your alley, at least for the interpersonal dynamic perspective, Rebecca. So I was telling you that I have heard of this one, and I knew it was from Gimlet, but it is one of those I've been meaning to get to, but just never have really queued it up to the top of my podcast list. So now I'm totally going to do that because it sounds fascinating.
2: It's why I it. haven't heard of it, and this is so right up my alley. Yeah. I remember when this experiment, I was reading all about it back when it started. A few years ago, because I just thought this is so interesting. And even the concept of people, you know, going to Mars is such a big endeavor. It's very fascinating to me in a creepy sort of way. Like, what would it be like to be in space for that long and to be with those people? And like, if you've ever done scuba diving and you think, oh my goodness, you know, like it's that weird claustrophobia idea of like, you can't just surface quickly, like, you can't get out if something were to go wrong. It's that same idea. And so I think I have such a fear of it that I'm, almost like morbidly fascinated by it. So Rebecca, this is absolutely being added to my holiday to-do list.
1: You're gonna love it.
2: Definitely.
0: So fun. We'll have a link for you guys in the show notes for that. My awesome of the week this week is a little product that is, I think, going to be a real treat for people like me who are constantly trying out new lip products, especially this time of year when, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like my lips are perpetually chapped And dry. You know, it's all the heated air circulating through and then the cold air outside. So, I have a very, very great friend who is an awesome. We met through the awesome community. Her name's Julie. I've mentioned her on the show because Julie is truly awesome in a lot of ways. And one of the ways is she's also a lip product junkie like I am. And from time to time, she'll send me, because she's amazing and generous, she will send me in the mail her newest lip product discovery. So this showed up in my mailbox from Julie a couple of weeks ago. And I want to make sure I say the name the right way here. It is from Bite Beauty, B-I-T-E, and it's their daytime lip balm. So Julie's the person who sent me the Joe Malone Vitamin E lip balm, which is, to me, absolute holy grail product. It will actually change your lips over time. I love that one so much. That price point is like $30, maybe a little more now. This one's about half that. It's at $14. So it's going to be more than you're going to pay probably at your local CVS, but at the same time, it's totally, totally worth it because it is so genuinely nourishing for lips. It's clean, it's vegan, it's cruelty-free. I am myself, I'm finding that cruelty-free thing. It didn't used to be that big of a deal to me, but now I'm like, I don't know, maybe I'm just having some sort of philosophical shift with my product purchases, but I'm really looking for that tag now, but it's cruelty-free. It hydrates up to eight hours. It goes on so smooth, which of course you want and expect in a lip balm. But when you've been using a lip balm that's just a little step above, you know, like ingredient wise from your local drugstore favorite lip balm, you really notice a difference over time of how well it goes on. I love to put this on in the morning first thing. And then by the time I do my makeup and get my lipstick on for the day, my lips are already feeling so nourished and so moisturized. So anyway, it's the daytime lip balm from Bite Beauty. I will put a link in the show notes and a huge, huge thank you and shout out to Julie because she always treats me so well with these lip product discoveries of hers. And then I am happy to pass them on to you guys. So that is my awesome of the week. We will have links for all of these in the show notes for this week. Hey, if you have not joined us on Instagram and a bunch of you have, but if you have not, We would love to have you do that. You can find us over on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. We talk about awesomes of the week every Friday over there, even through the holiday season. We will be talking about awesomes of the week. And of course, we do this all the time and especially on Fridays in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group on Facebook. So if you've been meaning to join us over there, we'd love to have you. It's at facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. Okay, awesomes. The story I'm about to tell you is 100% true. So I have been so excited to check out Sorta Awesome's newest sponsor, Wantable. Wantable is a personal styling service that sends you on-trend clothing and a style or fitness edit. An edit is seven pieces of hand-picked clothing from a variety of amazing brands. So I went online, I took the style quiz to get started. When my style edit from Wantable arrived, I walked out onto my front porch to get it. And I looked down and I realized that I was wearing an old worn out black nursing top that was covered with baby spit up and baby... drool and who knows what else and some jeans that I had been wearing for probably three days but maybe longer than that. Obviously I was in huge need of a big wardrobe refresh but like most busy moms and actually like most busy women in general I don't have the time to go to the mall And do a bunch of shopping for myself and I certainly don't have time to do a bunch of research about what's on trend right now. And that's why I am super in love with Wantable. Like I said, you take a style or fitness quiz to get started and then an in-house stylist gets to know your closet, your lifestyle, your size, all of your unique preferences so that they can outfit you for anything and everything. Once your edit arrives, you get five days to try on everything at home, decide what you want to buy, what you want to send back. There's just a $20 styling fee that's totally credited towards any item that you keep from your edit. So my stylist Lauren nailed my edit. The pieces that she sent for me are the perfect combination of my style and things that I would probably never even see or pick up in a store. I told her how I was six months postpartum with a new baby and that I'm a busy mom with five kids, always on the go. And so she picked out for me three darling, comfy, cozy sweaters. I super love the gray and burgundy striped raglan top. I'm totally keeping that one. All of the tops she picked for me are so soft and comfortable. And she picked a couple of tops that are totally nursing friendly and i was super surprised to find a pair of pearl hoop earrings from a jewelry designer who's local to them wantable is all about being a great fit for your needs so they let you choose how often you receive your edits plus shipping returns and exchanges are all free so Awesome's wantable has taken the challenge out of finding the right clothes for me to wear every day and they can help you too Go to wantable.com slash awesome for $25 off of your first edit. That's wantabl com slash awesome for $25 off of your first edit at wantable.com slash awesome. Okay, well, like I kind of alluded to at the top of the show, this week we thought it would be fun to just like not take the holidays so seriously. <laughs> and to do that by sharing some I'm going to call them holiday confessions, but that's a broad term. We're just going to be telling stories on ourselves. We're going to maybe share an unpopular opinion or two. Just some, you know, a little bit more lighthearted fare as far as the holidays go. Maybe tell you some things about our holidays and how we celebrate them we've never shared with you before, that might be a little bit surprising. In fact, speaking of that, Rebecca, I was going to see if you could. (laughs) I know one of yours. I don't know everybody's, but I do know one of Rebecca's. So I was going to see if you could kick us off with that.
1: (laughs) I know you think this is really fascinating. I do. Okay, so I am 37 years old. And every single Christmas morning of my entire life, I have woken up at my parents' house.
2: I remember when you first said this, Rebecca. I had to take a minute because (laughs) I'm shocked by this. I'm still like I've known this, but I don't know what to say. But it's crazy, right?
1: It's crazy. As I said in the episode that we just released about talking about our holiday traditions, I mentioned that you know my sister is 12 years older than I am. That I kind of have looked to her a little bit and how she has done traditions with her family and stuff. And one thing that she's always done is that she's always come home for Christmas also. Her in-laws don't do a real formal structured Christmas. And they just never, I don't know, when they started having kids, they never really got into that habit of having Christmas at home. I think that's something that is so common.
2: That Wait, what do you mean by having Christmas at home? Like in their own home? Yes, in their own home. They went to their parents.
1: Yes, by my parents' house. So I often hear people saying that when they start having kids is when they start to really want to start forming their traditions with their little new family in their home, right? Mm -hmm. And that they stop traveling maybe Christmas morning or Christmas day or something like that. That seems like really really common. Well, but my sister never did that because they live so far away from my parents. It was a good time to travel. I don't know. They just never did that. And then... I got married, and I moved within minutes of my in-laws, and so we kind of just did the same thing. (laughs) The trade-off here is that my in-laws get absolutely every other holiday, plus like any other day of the year that they want. And so the holidays is a really great time for us to travel with our kids in school now because we limit how much we go to Ohio to travel. It takes eight hours to get there. And so it's just something that we have kept up. I don't
2: know. It's crazy, but it's just our reality. Okay, I have questions. I have questions. First of all, can both you and your sister and everybody, they can drive, I'm assuming, to your parents? Yeah. Because it's not a good time of year to travel, actually. It's like really expensive time of year to travel if you're flying, but I'm assuming you're not
1: flying? No, no, we don't fly. We drive.
2: Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah, there's
1: an expense to it, but like like time-wise, there's we yes. automatically have some vacation days built in. None of us, you know, my husband and I, we're not working in retail. Like, it's a good time for us to go and travel. That
2: traveling done. Yeah. So here's my main question, though, Rebecca, is do you feel like you and your kids are not going to have an experience of waking up at your home? I'm not so much worried about your in-laws because I hear what you're saying as far as, you know, the equality between the families. Like, then some, in many ways, it balances out because you're there all the time with Nate's family. But Like, what about your kids? Do they not want to wake up in their own bed? Or I mean, this is the way they've always known it. Do you feel like they're going to grow up and say, I never experienced Christmas Day in my own home?
1: Well, yeah, they will say that because that is their reality.
2: (laughs) But like in a sad way or that's what I'm saying. Not that obviously it's reality. I don't
1: think so. They like going. They're looking forward to it. It's also 100% their norm. So they don't feel like they're missing out on anything because they don't know any different.
2: And their cousins are there. Their cousins are I'm there. I'm assuming, you know, other people are there. Yes. It's not just.
1: It's like so much more festive than if we were in our own house. Oh, that just sounds so depressing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, Rebecca. That's the opposite of like 98% of the awesomes listening to you who are like, I just don't want my family there. I just want it to be me and my kids and my spouse. Because <laughs> then it will be actually fun and relaxing. totally. Totally.
0: I mean, Rebecca, you do realize, and I know that your mom is an awesome, so I know are you, you censoring may feel like. Yourself? <laughs> no, I'm not
1: censoring myself. Oh, you think I'm censoring myself?
0: <laughs> yes, I was going to say, you know, feel free to be honest, but truly, truly, your parents are pretty awesome people that you want to be around for the holidays. Oh,
1: no, I am legit not censoring myself. I want to do this every single year, like so badly. I know there's going to come a time where I can't and where I don't. And this actually recently happened to my sister, that they were not able to be there on Christmas Day. And I just recently had a conversation with her where I asked her again. I said, like, so, like, how was it that first year? Was it, like, better than you thought it was going to be? Or was it as awful as we thought it might be? And she said, oh, no, it was terrible. It was terrible. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: Because I do think that, especially when your kids are the ages that they are now, Rebecca, that the fact that they like that and you can make these memories Mm -hmm. is the time to do it. I think that kids get older and they have their own opinions and they're like, I don't really want to go. I want to be with my friends, you know, Mm -hmm. like the next day. So I don't want to travel or they have jobs or, you know, like there's other things that start to get in the way of some of these extended family things that, you know, it's the reality. But I think especially if for you and your sister, like you're like, well, I miss the way it was. These are the years to make those sorts of decisions and memories. So I applaud it. I laugh about it because I just never have known anybody to do that.
1: I know. It's pretty crazy.
2: (laughs) But I don't think it's crazy in like a, wow, Rebecca, that's really weird. I think it's kind (laughs)
0: of sweet. And so then you load up all the presents to take there and load everything up to bring home, right?
1: Yeah. And that can be a little bit of a logistical nightmare. It's a full car. But yeah, the gifts that we give to our children we take all those with us, the gifts that we are exchanging with grandparents and my siblings. We take all that with us. It's a lot to travel with, but make it work.
0: Oh, I think it's so charming and so sweet. I really do. It sounds like a Hallmark movie Christmas, just in terms of like, everybody's there or like, you know, a Maxwell House coffee commercial or something
1: like everyone's there. and everyone's. I love that, home. I love that <laughs> when comes home. I'm like, yes, that resonates very deeply with me.
0: Yes, totally. The Peter, you're home, that one. Yes, not all families have that. And I know you recognize that you are very blessed in that department for sure. So, oh, I think it's very sweet. Kelly, what's a thing that you can tell us that is a sort of confessional that comes up this time of year?
2: (laughs) Okay, so my confessional awesomes is that we have just done a month of holiday shows and I am very Scroogey about the holidays so I just had to fake it until I made it (laughs) (laughs) I was like yay gift guide yes that's so true oh my gosh guide especially this is a true
0: confession because uh, behind the scenes Rebecca and I really had to cheerlead Kelly through
2: (laughs) doing another gift guide (laughs) the gift guide is not my favorite thing mostly because you guys I am a horrible gift giver I feel like (laughs) partly because I'm not a great gift person, you know, like that's a love language sort of thing for it. Here's the horrible thing. is like my best friend and my daughter, like they are gift people, but I'm not and I'm not good at it. And so I think that because of that insecurity, it makes me feel even more grumpy about it. And then commercialism and Santa and Uh, uh, uh. I get very, very (laughs) grumpy around the holidays. So actually, this is the funny thing is that I have been this way, I would say, for a good five years. In fact, I will say this here because I don't think any of my family listens but I have notes that is a Christmas list in my iPhone and it's password protected so the kids can't stumble across it and you know what my password is? Scrooge. <laughs> because that's how I feel about it. So I have traditionally been in the last five or six years, like just rip my teeth and endure the holidays because they are too much work and it is too much obligation. And also this is something I am really realizing about myself. I am exactly 10 years older than you, Rebecca, and I don't know why it's taken me this long to figure it out, but I do not really like traditions that much. Like, I get bored is what it is. It's not that I can't appreciate it, but I get bored. So I'm like, oh, my word, open oh, the presents again. Here we are. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Like, it just feels like I just am so tired. Can we do something new? Can we do something new?
0: It's like holiday groundhog for you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, and I have to get out, you know, and of course, There's that push-pull because I do want to create traditions for my kids. And I have a couple of kids who adore the holidays. And I understand, like, it is very cozy. We actually having a white Christmas this year. It feels very holiday friendly. So I would say I'm less grinchy this year than I have been in the years past. And part of that is because I finally figured out how to push off or just say no to some of the obligations that seem to come with the season that before I tried to do it all. So that really has helped to reframe it for me. And some of it, I think, was just me having to go through it. You know, you just sometimes in a pushback, like a pendulum swing, you push back on something and you're just very grumpy about it for a while. And after a while, you come back to kind of more of a center ground. So I do feel like that's where I am. Now, still don't like Christmas cookies. Uh I was just going to bring that up. Yep. (laughs) Haven't made any yet this year. If you all remember, I think it was on... It was one of our very first...
0: Like our first Unpopular Opinions episode. Uh-huh. I'll see if I can find it. Kelly confessed that she hates Christmas because it's all about the cookies. Yeah.
2: (laughs) That is not exactly what happened, but that is what I said.
1: (laughs) Forget Jesus. Nothing to do with Jesus. It's just about the cookies.
2: (laughs) We were talking about desserts for context. I would like to just say That we were talking about desserts and which was the best. And I said, pies are good and cookies are horrible. And that's why I don't like Christmas because it's about the cookies. And then Laura Tremaine leaned in and perfect comedic timing and said, and Jesus. (laughs) 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 Oh, it was one of the classic sort of awesome moments of all time. I think my mom, and I said this back then, my mom famously made like 20 kinds of Christmas cookies because she would have as a pastor's wife, a staff buffet and so she would have all these different varieties of cookies. And so as one does, you grow up doing exactly what your parents did. So for years before we even had kids, I was slave and make like 18 kinds of cookies in San Diego. <laughs> I have to turn the air conditioning on. <laughs> so stupid. And then no one would eat them. I would have to like take them to work because I don't like cookies. My husband doesn't eat sweets. I don't know. Ah, what that's was I so thinking? Funny. go back in time. Oh Kelly. Oh Kelly. That's exactly it. Oh Kelly, bless your art (laughs) so now I only make like five or six because (laughs) I have like trained my kids that they each get a choice oh that's so smart cookie that they like because I have some like I make these mint chocolate brownies that everybody but one person loves so yes I guess what I'm saying is I have been and so awesomes if you ever heard me grit my teeth in one of the episodes of the last few weeks that might have been why, but I do feel a little bit better this year, you guys. I will say probably the peak of my grinchiness was when we were getting ready to record that Gift Guide episode. So Meg and Rebecca got to hear me rant on Voxer about how stupid it is. And why are we doing this again? Do we really want to do this every year? Are we <laughs> is this we're encouraging people to their better selves? Here, buy stuff because that will <laughs> make you happy. Your kids won't remember it. And In fact, a study came out today that said like 90% of kids cannot name one thing they got for Christmas last year.
1: Yeah, I think you quoted that. Didn't you quote that back at the gift guide? You're like, people don't even remember.
2: Yes, they don't. I mean, there was like a new study that just came out. But, you know, anyway, I guess what I'm saying is that was the peak. I've been calmer. I worked all out on Rebecca and Meg. They had to listen to me.
1: I like gently suggested to Kelly. I was like, I think you can say that you don't really want to buy gifts, but I'm not sure if full unloading your Grinch on the gift guide is the (laughs) most appropriate
2: place. And I think I said that, too. Like, I immediately was like, absolutely. Like, I just have to fake this. I just need you guys to hear my true Grinchy heart, that it is three sizes too small. And so when my smile is that Grinchy smile, of like, that's why. Go back and listen to the Gift Guide episode now, you guys. (laughs) You'll hear it all in my voice.
0: Oh, my gosh. I cannot stop smiling and laughing because truly, that was
2: a moment that Rebecca and I were like no Kelly really it's gonna be fine." <laughs> and I think I said like you just have to listen to me like yes I'm just gonna rant here you're gonna get all of the bad yuck and then I'll be fine and it was kind of true those are good friends you guys are good friends to listen to me rant and be like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right but here's your category <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's basically how it went down <laughs> oh funny Oh, my gosh. Okay.
0: Well, okay, Kelly, it's so funny that you brought up that study that came out that said 90% of kids can't remember what they got for Christmas. The story I was going to tell myself, it's kind of a confessional. It's just like the year that I ruined Christmas for one of my children.
2: Oh, no. (laughs) Okay, I've got a story that can back end that. You go first, though. I want to hear yours. It'll make me feel better. Okay, this
0: happened a couple of years. Oh, it's been a while now. So this was my middle daughter, AJ. She's in sixth grade now. I want to say she was in second or third grade. When this happened, she had asked for a skateboard for Christmas. Well, you guys, I am not the person that you want shopping for a skateboard, and this was actually before sort of awesome, so however long ago that's been, I did not have you guys the awesome community to turn to to be like, "Hey, awesomes! I gotta buy a skateboard this year. What should I get?" So I was just on my own. At uh, Dum Dum shopping, Amazon, and other online places. And I was like, oh, you know what they make that looks to myself? I was saying this, not to AJ. You know what they make now that looks so much more cool than just a dumb old boring skateboard like I had in the 80s are these things called ripsticks. And it's like a skateboard and rollerblading hybrid. And it looks so awesome. And so instead of getting a skateboard, I was like, this will be even better. She doesn't even know that ripsticks are a thing. And so I'll get this instead. So here comes Christmas morning. And this was her big gift. And she was really, really excited to open it. And you guys, it was genuinely one of those moments that could have been on reality TV or some other thing where like the tensions are really high. Like she opened it and burst into tears, and literally, and I do mean literally, ran out of the room crying.
1: <laughs> Whoa, oh. that's bad. when was a
0: bad one, and you would think, you know, like we were just talking about, like, oh, kids, they don't remember. No, no. <laughs> AJ, AJ remembers the Ripstick incident. In fact, to this day, now, eventually, she hated it for a long time and would not use it. It was the point of much mm, contention between us. But you know what? After a while, she started using it and she actually did start to like it. Now she never fully loved it. But for some reason, that freaking ripstick is still on our side porch to this day. This has been years ago. Nobody uses it. And yet somehow it never gets, you know, give it away or whatever. It's still there. It like taunts me every time I come up to my front door. It's like peeking around the corner of our side porch. Like, hey, remember when you ruined Christmas?
1: Oh my word. (laughs) Send that to Goodwill today.
2: No, no. She needs to wrap it up and give it to AJ for Christmas.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Scrooge, you had your moment. Stop it.
2: (laughs) No, I'm saying I think she would laugh about it now. She would. You could create a happy memory out of a bad memory and be like, Hey, look what I got you. And just watch her be like, are you freaking kidding me? But it would be like a happy family memory. You're like, and now the circle is closed and it's going to go to Goodwill.
0: I actually really should do that. It has become in our family a shorthand for a disappointment is like opening the ripstick. It's like in the same way that we can talk about barbecue tuna being an unhappy surprise in our family, we can talk about the time you open a ripstick when you thought it was going to be a skateboard and go lock yourself in the bathroom and cry. (laughs) Hey, awesomes, pairing wine during the holidays isn't just about food. It's also about having the perfect wine for gatherings and the traditions that I love and maybe some family functions I just have to endure, which is why I always have incredible wine on hand this season. Thanks to my First Leaf subscription, I'm ready to spread holiday cheer at every occasion. My very favorite thing about First Leaf is how convenient and personalized it is. No more standing in front of an aisle of wines, getting overwhelmed and having no idea what to choose. First Leaf knows what I like, they remember what I like, and they send each shipment of six new wines to try based on what I love. That's because Firstleaf is a customized wine club that curates wine selections tailored exactly to your taste preference. They are on a mission to know you better than you know yourself. You start by taking a simple quiz to pinpoint the wines that you like. Then Firstleaf will create a custom six-pack of wine based on your answers and they deliver it to your door. As each shipment arrives, you taste, then rate the wine online. Firstleaf applies your feedback to refine future boxes. They are so confident you'll love every bottle. First has a 100% satisfaction guarantee. If you receive a wine you don't like, they'll cover the costs. Whether you prefer something sweet or bold, First Leaf will fill you with joy all season long because they only send wines that you'll love. Tis the season to drink and be merry. Celebrate the holidays with an introductory First Leaf subscription that includes six bottles of wine. Shipping is free. Go to tryfirstleaf.com awesome and that's six bottles of wine plus free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com awesome. That's six bottles of wine plus free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com awesome. All right, awesomes, the holiday shopping season is here, and this year your gift can start next year's good habit with Quip. Quip is something that's sure to put a smile on everyone's mouth because it's dental care they'll actually want to use every day. That's why Quip is the perfect, thoughtful, and practical gift with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and toothpaste, all intentionally designed to make good habits simple. The Quip electric toothbrush has sensitive sonic vibrations and a timer with 30-second pulses to guide your routine. And the Quip Floss Dispenser has pre-marked strings, so you always use the right amount. Plus, Quip delivers brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills every three months. So join over 3 million happy customers and check everyone off of your gift list right now with Quip. Just go to getquip.com slash awesome to save on gift sets and to get your first refill free with a refill plan. That's your first refill free at getquip.com awesome getquip.com slash awesome
2: so kelly you have a story similar of ruining christmas for a child kind of like that i mean (laughs) it's maybe not as enduringly painful because we've certainly come to laugh about it but our natalie who's now 18 and you guys this is going to seem like really bad timing because we did put our dog down like three or four weeks ago but this is the beginning of that story is that natalie was born as a dog person like from the time she was a baby a toddler we could be at the park with all of her friends. And if somebody brought a dog to the park, she would leave all of her friends and toddle over and she would literally spend an hour sitting next to a dog
0: oh. next to a park
2: bench that was just there with their owner, just petting yeah. them and talking to them. And from the beginning, we knew we had to get this girl a dog, but she was also the oldest and we were in those baby stages and we were moving. We couldn't find a good time. So when she was eight, my husband and I thought, let's get a dog. Let's get a dog for Christmas. We are in a townhouse, but we are hoping to move to a house soon. Natalie is of the age and certainly has the temperament to care for a dog. We decided not to get a puppy, but to get a dog from a rescue because we had puppies before. We knew how much work they were. Yes. So we had Natalie. Let's see. So then Connor would have been six and Taylor was not quite two. So we went through this rescue and we picked this beautiful border collie, you know, mix who was not quite a year old. We went and met her one time real quick before we got her. And then on Christmas Day, we gave Natalie a lead, you know, a collar that we had made with her name on it and said, your dog, Sammy, is coming. We're going to go pick her up tomorrow. She was over the moon, over the moon, like slept with the collar that night. We went and got the dog the next day. The dog was a nightmare. Oh. The dog was so hyper and so untrained. That was really what it was is the dog had only been an outdoor dog when they had picked it up. So, like, we had this small space with two other children who we didn't know but actually ended up being terrified of dogs. So, for the eight hours after we picked up the dog at lunch, like, when they went to bed, basically, Connor and Taylor lived on the back of our couch. The dog would jump up on furniture, would jump up on things. All night long, it barked. In its oh, penalty. gosh. Of course, we have a one-year-old. Like, I'm barely starting to sleep again. So the dog's downstairs going, woof, 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 Oh, my word. And so in the middle of the night, I woke up Corey and I said, we've made a horrible mistake. We cannot keep this dog. And he's like, are you going to wake up our eight year old and say your dream dog? Like we gave you. We're going to break your heart. And I was like, yep, that's exactly what we're going to have to do. We cannot. gosh. And then the day devolved into this like comedy of errors, because literally that day, then the 27th, we hosted an open house. For all of our friends and family in this tiny little townhouse with a dog. So I was like, the dog has to go in the garage. And we called the rescue people and said, she has to go back. She can't stay. Like, she's terrifying our children. She's jumping up like, I'm sure she'll be sweet, but we do not have the capacity to deal. And they graciously were like, okay, we understand. So Corey went to try to take the dog back. He slammed his finger in the car door. He punctured his nail. He ended up in the ER for three hours. While we're in an open house situation, Natalie's crying. Because we have destroyed her life, her hopes and dreams. We have taken her dog back. Oh, my word. It was just a day and a half, you guys. We laugh about it because what happened then is because we worked with this rescue. Once we told them our situation, they said, we would never have given you that dog if we had had more of a chance to talk. So we'll find a better dog for you. And in March, they gave us our Sammy. And that's how Sammy, our Sammy, got her name was because we already had the (laughs) dog. It's just not uncommon to change a dog's name when you adopt it, but still, we were like, well, we got the peg. It's already got our phone number on it. I guess her name is Sammy.
1: Sammy 2.0. Oh, yes. And she was
2: perfect. She was the exact opposite of that other dog. So, all's well that ends well, but we do laugh about how the Christmas we gave our daughter her (laughs) dream and then we ripped it away just 48 hours later.
1: Allie, that story is
2: terrible. It's oh a terrible mother. story. What I've known nightmare. you a long time. I've never
1: heard that story.
2: <laughs> Don't give your children or even loved ones pets to Christmas. I just feel like it has so much potential to go wrong. And we are exhibit A. Oh my goodness.
0: All right. Well, I gotta collect myself for a few minutes here because I'm still <laughs> laughing about sake. that. Rebecca, do you have anything else that you can reveal to the awesomes while we're doing these holiday confessions?
1: Sure. While we were talking about that, you know, our tradition of going home for Christmas, I would say that my children have been trained to be the most patient kids ever when it comes to opening gifts, and that our gift opening process—it's a lot of people. Okay, so we've already established that. Yeah.
2: So how many? Like twenty?
1: Oh no, 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 no! Not that many. Like I don't know, like twelve, thirteen. Okay, that's still a lot. Well, yeah, it's more than like five. Like it would be if it was just us. So it's the five of us. It's my sister's family of four, my brother, and my parents. So that's 12. So it's 12 of us. And our tradition, like I shared before, is that the kids can wake up and go and open their stockings at any moment without any adults around. They can go and do that. And that tides them over until gift opening time because we have a nice brunch together as a family, which is usually like mid-morning-ish, maybe late morning. Guys, my children sometimes we are not done opening gifts until well past noon we pass out the gifts you open them one at a time everybody watches everybody open the gifts i think last year i sent my friends like a quick box text i was like okay we haven't started opening yet i think it's noon our kids are like the only kids on earth that haven't opened any presents yet (laughs) but it's just tradition and it's just the way it goes. And it just draws it all out. It's just this whole long event. And I just love it, love it, love it.
2: We kind of do that though, Rebecca. I think because we didn't have family for years, Christmas was always just us. So we wanted to make it last. So we would open one at a time. And this is, if I had to go back and do it again, we did do this a little bit. The nice thing about that is that if you have young kids who, you know, they open a present and they immediately want to play with it. They're like, let's open this right now. Like, this is a Lego set that I could put together. Why go on? And we as adults are like, you have more presents. Open the next one. Oh, put that down. Open more. You know, which is weird.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, when you say it like that, yeah.
2: But one of my best friends, we used to take our kids when they were very young to McDonald's and make them eat all of their Happy Meal before they got the free ice cream cone. We're like, this is so wrong where we're like, eat your fries. Eat your pre-processed chicken. You will not get sugary ice cream if you do not eat all of your fried food first. What are we saying? (laughs) This is actual words that are coming out of our mouth. So it's nice when you can kind of make it last, you know, and that we don't have to push on. And we have this really funny. In fact, I will share this somewhere on social media this next week. A funny clip of my son who's now 16. And it's become, again, part of our family lexicon where we had so many gifts when he was probably about two because he and Natalie were the only grandchildren on both sides. Ah, yes. So even though we weren't celebrating with all these family, they had mailed in gifts. So we literally had to split our present opening up in two sections because we had to take naps in the middle. You know what I mean? Like it was crazy. So there's a point where he is in his little footsie pajamas. And I said, hey, buddy, you want to open a present? He goes, mom. I'm so tired. Can you you open my present for me? It's like so pitiful. He's just like, you're forcing me to go on the trail without food and water of all of these Christmas presents. It is just too much. He's so pitiful. That's like the funny side of it. But really, I think what you're doing is really nice. Your kids are very patient. Do they know that everybody else opens them sometimes at the very butt crack of dawn?
1: I don't think so. Don't tell them. (laughs)
2: What do you do, Meg? Do you guys open them? Yeah, we do. Like,
0: whoever wakes up, and it's recently, in the recent years, it's been the twins. Like,
2: whoever wakes up first?
0: Yeah, they wake everybody up. This year, it'll be this guy right here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He's smiling like, yeah, baby. Yep, exactly. I'm not even going to bed Christmas (laughs) Eve. Exactly, exactly.
0: He doesn't sleep. He's waiting up for Santa. But yeah, so a kid will come usually and wake us up. Nobody can touch a thing, not a stocking, not a present, nothing until we have all gathered. And now the patience part comes in too, for our kids, Rebecca, in that they all know that mom and dad both have to have a cup of coffee in hand before anything is touched. Oh, that's probably torturous. It is torturous. They hate it. They hate it. And now Daisy's old enough. Now she likes to have a cup of coffee too while she's opening her presents. But yeah, that's how we do it. Like we just go down and it's almost always just our family. Although sometimes Emily, my sister is here. It just kind of depends on the year, different family members being here. But we are before dawn, present openers. I will say that the, the twins, both of them do like to just play with things as they open them. Now, as they've gotten older, they've kind of realized, oh, there's more, there's more, there's more. So they, you know, will like to open everything. But the first few years, they were so happy to just sit and play. So that did kind of stretch things out a little bit more. So, but yeah, we we're do it early and dig in.
2: So <laughs> there's not a right or wrong way to do it. Right. There really isn't. I mean, it's just about being together as a family. I think the people that I feel the sorriest for are the ones who have to go to three or four different family gatherings on Christmas Day, because I love the relaxation of, you know, either whether it is in the process of opening the presents where you can just take your time and really enjoy it, or you do it in a flash and then everybody sits around in their pajamas and reads the book or plays with a game or, you know, pulls out a puzzle. Like that part is maybe my favorite part of Christmas. Is that kind of just the afterglow, if you will. And so if you are always having to like race to the next place, I can see how that could definitely diminish some of that just peaceful, happy feeling.
0: But I think too, like we were talking about with Rebecca's family, I think it's just what you're used to. Like if there's, that's you true. know, lots of different family visits, if that's the sort of tradition that your family has built over time, then your kids might just think that's normal. We just go and go and go. And there's presents everywhere we land. <laughs> okay. Well, before we wrap up the show, I was going to tell you one more story on myself. And this is just silly. I just look back on this. And it just makes me laugh so much because this is a journey back in time to my very first Christmas when I was a new mom. So Daisy is a January baby. So she was born at the end of January. So she was almost a year old. I had almost a year of motherhood under my belt. In the middle of her first year, I got really into cloth diapering, which I've kind of talked about a few times on the show that this was not just a practical thing for me. But kind of a hobby. And this is something that makes people laugh every time. Like this is very weird <laughs> to have as a hobby. But there's this whole community of cloth diaper enthusiasts. And I really, you know, this was almost 15 years ago.
2: Long before Facebook groups were a thing. Or Facebook it was. It was kind of new at that point still. Yeah. It was that crunchy way of raising a baby was just at its very beginning, I think, of taking off.
0: Yeah and especially because of the internet all of these people who were a little bit more crunchy minded natural living minded could find each other and encourage each other in this way of living and in these little subset hobbies that had developed one of them definitely being baby wearing which has held up for me to this day as Nico is now he's in the back you guys he used to be in the front in the carrier now he's a back rider but anyway so that very first christmas i was so 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 into cloth diapering well one of the reasons we had gotten into it to begin with was to save money. So my very first set of cloth diapers were just like these very standard plain cotton prefolds and some cute little covers to go over them. The absolute economic way to do cloth diapering. And I was really happy with them until I found all of the other super super cute cloth diapers that are out there that are a little bit, you know, fancier. They were more like using a traditional diaper, but they were cute But they were also more expensive than those cotton ones. So for my very first Christmas as a new mom, I took all of the money that my parents and in-laws and, you know, like the only thing I asked for that Christmas was money. I took all of that and spent it all on diapers. (laughs) I want to go back to myself like almost 15 years ago and
1: just be like, oh,
0: don't do that.
1: There'll be plenty of time and money for that's precious yeah kelly says precious i say intense that's really really intense like you
0: could get uh-huh. a massage yeah. too yeah you
2: could do something else. you know
0: what it made me so happy at the time to have all of sure. those cute little diapers but now looking back i'm just like oh my gosh that was a really super intense moment of cloth diaper enthusiasm <laughs> on my part for sure so It's been many years since I have spent all of my Christmas money on something that's actually for one of my children.
2: (laughs) Yes, right. Not even for you. And I will say this is something that I guess I'll say here, because again, I don't think any of my children listen to the podcast, but we're not even doing gifts this year for our kids much. I'm buying a couple of things so there'll be something under the tree like just small things. But we have decided to take, and this is partly why my December has been so much nicer, because I'm not having to do a lot of gift buying. We're taking our family on a surprise trip the day after Christmas. Oh, the day after. Yep, that we will wake up the next morning and get on the plane. So we're going to Washington, D.C. Originally, of course, the idea was, well, let's go someplace warm. How hard can that be? And the answer, awesome is very, very hard. Unless you are a millionaire, you will not travel to a warm destination the week between Christmas and New Year's because tickets literally go from being, you know, maybe you can find a deal of $200 someplace warm at this time of December. And when you get closer, especially that week between Christmas and New Year's, because everybody has it off, tickets literally go up like to $1,000 that were, you know, 200 And we have six people to fly.
1: But actually, Rebecca, Christmas is a terrible time to travel. What are you thinking? Yeah, nobody's going to Ohio. It's OK. The demand is not high.
2: <laughs> yes. Although we used to travel home from San Diego back to Minnesota. I guess it was probably more expensive to get back to San Diego <laughs> to fly to Minnesota in December. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But we're not doing gifts this year for the most part. So it's like we have come full circle because I certainly had those Christmases where, you know, you're just buying so much and there's so much to buy. And then we've been in that place for many years now. Where We're like, what do we buy? Like, we have everything. That's what my sister and I, we've been talking about that. She has four children, too. They're a little bit younger. But it's like you start to get like, you're like, I have one of everything. And all you can do is add to my collection of Legos or Polly Pockets or Imaginext or fake food or Kiwi crates. Like, I have everything. So this year, we're just giving each other the gift. of Well, I'm giving them the gift of time. I'm hoping they'll like it. Oh, they'll love it. It'll be great.
0: I think it will be fun. It's going to be a total surprise. They won't know until like Christmas morning
2: or until you're leaving. No, we have several kids who are not huge on surprises. So, and because our two teenagers work. Oh, that's right. Yes. I was trying to figure out if I could go behind their backs and get the days off with their manager. But then I was like, ugh. That seems fraught with peril. And then they're going to wonder why they're not scheduled for any shifts. Oh, right. So I just said, hey, you guys need to ask these days off. And that is all I will say. So my 18-year-old did come to me last night because she's probably the one who hates the prices the most and was like, I just, I need to know more. And I'm like, you know that we're going somewhere. Like, that's all I'm going to tell you. And she's like, I just, I don't feel good about (laughs) that. So I don't know. I might tell her a little bit more. I have other kids who really do. We're not going to tell them until Christmas morning. They don't know anything. Yeah. So we're going to do a scavenger hunt. Oh, Because they love that. Yes. In the house where they'll eventually piece together the clues. I don't know. That's Corey's job. But yeah, it's kind of nice. Like, you can see how Christmas the year is. Yes. Right? What we get, what we give, what we look forward to are grinchiness levels. <laughs> <laughs> For sure.
0: All right. Well, awesome. Thank you again for letting us keep you company in these last days of December. We have one more episode after this one on our calendar for 2019. And so, yeah, I hope that whatever you've been doing as you've been listening, that we've been good company for you. Kelly, if people want to have a follow up and if they want to kind of like follow along on your Washington, D.C. trip, all of that stuff, remind us where we can find you all
2: around the web. You can find me on Instagram for sure. That's where I will be chronicling our adventures. It's at Kelly Gordon MN from Minnesota. And it's the same on Twitter, Kelly Gordon MN. Okay. And Rebecca, where can we find you all around the web?
1: Well, you can find me all over at Simply Rebecca. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm like spacing out. It's like I had like a mini stroke or something. And I've done this before. (laughs)
0: You have done this before in this very part of the show.
1: Exactly. Where like suddenly I'm like, I don't remember how to do this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for Pete's sakes. Look me up. at Simply Rebecca. I'll be there. Goodness sakes.
0: (laughs) All right. You can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. The show is on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Awesomes, whatever you are celebrating this end of December, happy celebrations all around, and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer, and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer, and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com.